Welcome to episode number two. Today, our topic is about life when you don't make it as a professional athlete. Guys, today we want to do a deeper dive on just the reality that we have to live with once you have dedicated your entire life to whether becoming an NFL player or an NBA player or just a professional athlete in general. And then you all of a sudden is faced with that reality that, you know what, I put all these years in. But I am not in position to make it and play the game that I love and that I've dedicated my life to. And so today we want to talk a little bit about that. I know for me, and I'll just kick us off and you guys can take it from me. I know firsthand that I dedicated everything in me to being a professional athlete. From the time I fell in love with the sport and I was pretty good at both football and basketball. So I was neck and neck with those two things, but at eight years old, I fell in love with football and knew that that's what I wanted to do. And so to come all the way through, waking up early, training, doing all the things necessary to become a, a elite athlete when I absolutely had to live with the reality that I wouldn't make it, I remember guys not wanting to go to the barber shop. I remember like thinking about, man, what would the people that I grew up with, what do my community what do they think of me okay and so life when you don't make it it hits different for an inner city kid that's trying to get out and change their trajectory and change the dynamics of their family and so for me i remember just like man i'm having these thoughts and i know it's some naysayers out there but i'm not even certain that the community even felt that way but just as an athlete you feel like that they feel like you didn't make it and so I'll be the first to tell you guys, I had a perennial and a proverbial chip on my shoulder carrying those thoughts for when I didn't make it. But what it did for me is it caused me to dominate corporate America. I brought that same veracity and that same thing that made me a great athlete. I brought that same tenacity to the workplace and just became a beast on the job. Okay, and so I want to hear from you guys if you guys have had similar thoughts or just thoughts in general around life when you don't make it as an athlete when you're coming from the inner city. I, I definitely could say I can relate to some of, some of it, but some of it not so much. Like I would say that not making it was it was easy to deal with because like you guys know like you once you deal with adversity in certain ways, certain amount of times, it kind of prepares your mindset for different things I would say um, my first piece of real adversity on the on the athletic side of things was after high school you know what I mean we was all signed up to go to college and it didn't work out for me mm-hmm. I couldn't go to Ferris right out like I couldn't get in there so that was my first red flag yeah. you know what I mean it yeah. kind of helped me deal with life like right away like okay you're not gonna go to Ferris the first semester what you gonna do mm-hmm. so you know what I mean I continued that dream but that adversity like set me up like man you know what if this don't work out <laughs> What else are you going to do? That's good. So, again, I, you know I mean? After that, I played a little juco ball. I did that. Was successful enough to receive the athletic scholarship to go to Ferris. But, again, adversity. Mm-hmm. But not even adversity, but just some decisions that happened. I got a baby on the way. Mm-hmm. I remember. So, what remember what, what you going to do, man? Like, is, is it going to be football? Is it going to be you being a dad? Is it going to be you yeah. taking a step in real and life? So, like... I remember I was mad too. I remember that. That's that's one of the first times. Uh, I wanted to eat it coming fair. Yeah, I remember your dad was talking we was, to yeah, eat yeah. down the street by King, yeah. bro. 
was yeah. like, man, Bree, little he up yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. This you one of the mean? this one of the real times we was gonna get into it, bro. Man, I, I, man, I was I, like, that by semen, bro. Yeah, I mean, he was like, I, I want to be a dad. I gotta be a dad, bro. And, he, he and that was off. my first declaration yeah. to that. Like, yeah. man, I feel you, CB. Yeah. We shared yeah. this dream since eight years old, bro. I was hurt. I was hurt, bro. But I knew, I knew as a young man, like I needed my dad more than anything, bro. Like more than the football and all that stuff that we had experienced. But I remember you saying them words. To CB, bro. I, I, I remember, remember that. We, I remember all of it. Yeah, that was a training day. We was out there throwing yeah. since he was getting ready. I remember that. Yeah, I remember all Back of that. and forth. Like, that was a real thing. So, like, to get back on topic, man, that that kind of those things that that adversity I had to face kind of set me up. Like, I was always thinking, like, okay, so what you going to do? Okay, you going to be a dad? How? What capacity are you going to be a dad? Mm-hmm. Are you going to just be a half ass dad or are you going to really exactly. be there since that? You know what I mean? Take the. Take the the, uh, take on the challenge and yep. be there, and yep. I, I, I did that. You know what I mean did. since day one. So you did. You that, that kind of prepared me for not making. And then, like you said, I just kind of took my athletic mindset into work. Like, mm-hmm. man, I'm gonna go to going to training, going to study table, and all that stuff is going to work every single day. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Showing up on time, listening, doing the right, being on time, doing the right things that you're supposed to do, finishing your assignments. Yep. So, like all that same thing that made me a, a, a good athlete on the field and one of the better players always. Like. Just take that to my work. To my work. That's, that's solid, bro. Uh, for me, I think you know we all have similarities. I'm gonna just harp on my sophomore year. So, you know, I had basketball dreams. I think we all had basketball <laughs> dreams at a moment, bro. So it came in my sophomore year. You know, um, I was playing football and basketball, and in the fall from football, I got moved up to varsity last three games. And then, uh, yeah, first game I had six touchdowns, three throwing, um, three passing. I mean, three throwing and three running. And then it got to wintertime. Basketball season come up. I'm on JV still. I ain't get moved up to varsity. <laughs> so it was hard for me to realize that, hey, hoop ain't going to be it, bro. And I think that, that hurts a lot of kids nowadays yeah. with hoop, bro. Because hoop is that it's that it's that sport where you fall in love with. I mean, if you think about it, you if you have a football field and a basketball court split in half, bro, and you throw a basketball and you throw a football, yeah, hundred of kids, they gonna they gonna get the basketball because it's more it's it's it's, it's more, more appealing, yeah. And I hate to say I don't want to say it's easier, but it's kind of like easy in a sense because if it's too hot, I go in the gym. It's cold. I go in the gym. And if you're successful, they see your face. There you go. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, exactly. you, see, yeah. you see me shoot this yeah. jumper. Yeah. You see me cross somebody. Yeah. Right? You see me. With football, we playing all <laughs> all four elements, bro. Mm-hmm. We get some fall. We get some winter. Right. Yeah. We get some little spring, the little cold, the rain, right. bro. Yeah. And you know we get the summer. Right. And you so, got a helmet on all that there time. You got. <laughs> so football is a more challenging sport in that aspect. But uh, for me, you know, I went to fairs and, you know, I, I went up there. Um, was a two-time All-American play receiver, played quarterback in high school, and I had my opportunity playing in the NFL. My mentality was seven years. I was saying 10 years, but I was like, no, nah, I'm, I'm going to get probably seven years playing the league, be seven years in the league. It didn't happen that way, bro. Like, what, two and a half years in the league? You know what I mean? Going to different teams. We went five teams, Cleveland, uh, Green Bay, Denver, uh, Saints. It didn't go the way that I wanted to go. That was heartbreaking. You know what I mean? So, you know, getting released. Y'all know when I was getting cut, spending time with y'all, bro. You know what I mean? I remember when I got cut. Um, 
got cut from Green Bay and I was just at the crib, bro, for like two weeks at my dad's house. And like what you said, Chris, it's like when we don't make it, we from the hood, we feel sorry for ourselves and we feel like we left the hood down, Man, bro. Big time. So I was ashamed and embarrassed to go out in public. I remember Me when too. I did go out, where, CB, where, I thought you was gonna leave, bro. <laughs> And then, you don't want to say you got cut, you know what I mean? But yeah. that just was the reality. Yeah. So, so for me, like, I kind of called it quits, but I knew it was coming to an end. You know, I had a baby like E, you know what I mean? I didn't have my degree. So, bro, I had to, you know, I had to go back and forth to Ferris to get my degree. And I think, to me, that was my biggest honor, though, bro. I think yeah. For I me, remember that sacrifice. Yeah, man. that sacrifice, bro. Here, I was living with my dad in the basement, bro. You know what I mean? Pull out cops, like how you could be in the top of the world in the league, man. Come back to nothing pretty much with a son. You know what I mean? Responsibility. Man, what? Mm-hmm. And then don't have no degree. And for me to travel back and forth to Ferris for a year, bro, I think that was one of my proudest moments. That's what's you know up. what I mean? Proudest moments. Um, and I remember my advisor said, she said, because I was trying to get some online stuff, mm-hmm. online classes. And she was like, remember when you went to the NFL? And you and you, you and your agent was talking to us about coming. You was gonna come back every weekend, and 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 finish some schoolwork and some class and stuff like that. You never did it, and I knew back then how your mentality was. You was more focused on football because I was focused on football at that time. And she said, "Hey, you either pay now or pay later," and that was it, bro. And that was a pivotal moment for me. And I think in all chapters of my life, I always met certain people that I was straightforward, bro. And I was uh, Miss Bishop Haitian. You know what I mean? So I appreciate her. So shout out to Susan Miss Susan Bishop Hastings at Ferris State <laughs> University. I appreciate so you for uh, pushing me. But uh, that was a, a proud moment for me, bro, to, to complete my degree, bro. Man, that's big. Don't lose your thought. But E says something that we all can relate to. So life has phases. And E said, basically, he got to his phase earlier than I got to mine. And I got to my phase earlier than you got to yours. Because he said he had to deal with his disappointment right out of high school. And I know exactly where you're going with that, bro. Because for me, looking at you, you right. Bro, you got a better work history than all of us. Because you got to it earlier. But my, my, my disappointment came after yours. I had a two or three, four year run trying to make things work at MSU and Saginaw Valley, which neither worked out and junior college. And then my opportunity came to enter the workforce. Of course, I've been an entrepreneur, so I have my own, but I also wanted to use my degree. And so I had a job too. So I was always doing two things at the same time. So sometimes when we talk about how do you react when you don't make it, I, we're not past people. We're not better than anybody. What 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 comes down to is our situation helped us get a head start on certain things. So I know for me, I got a head start on, on certain people and certain aspects of life because when Michigan State didn't work out, when Saginaw Valley didn't work out, now I'm on my entrepreneur stuff. I'm doing this stuff. I'm thinking about books. I'm thinking about speaking tours and thinking about all that stuff because I had to say what's my next what's my next chapter going to look like when the things I really set out to do didn't go as planned but now I have to pivot and make these type of adjustments so 
you spot on CB and you spot on E. You still got your thought? Yeah, I was gonna uh, ask CB like because we did have all we all had those aspirations of making it to the league. Like, just maybe a quick breakdown of what some of the things that maybe had to surprise you when you got to the league and some of the stuff that you didn't know that was happening <laughs> until you got there. So a couple things, bro. I remember talking to Chris because Chris is at state. <clears throat> So, you know, I'm a D2 guy going to the NFL. So, you know, in the NFL, you got these guys from these big schools, these power five schools. So, I remember when I was a rookie free agent, I get invited to the rookie minicamp at Cleveland. And I was asking Chris. I was nervous. Like, bro, like, uh, what's up with these guys from Michigan, Michigan State? I was just worried about those guys from bigger schools because, you know what I mean? I'm thinking those guys are better than me. I'm a small school guy. He was like, see, you going to be straight, bro. Them cats, bro, I see you work out. You're going to be killing. You're going to be straight. And that was an eye-opener, bro. I was straight. You know what I mean? I was straight. Uh, and I did well at the rookie minicamp. I remember they had a nice little uh, article on me. And I believe if I never got traded from Cleveland to Green Bay, yeah. I think those little things, I would it would have worked out for me at Cleveland because I was getting a lot better. I remember going to camp, I was 215, mm-hmm. way too heavy, bro. Um, and then I got down to like 202, and that was the best shape I've been in my life. But uh, those are some of the things that I learned is, you know, being at a small school, you don't have the resources like yeah. big schools have. You don't have a nutrition. But I remember CB asking those questions, and I watch y'all work. So I'm around them every day, but I'm looking like, no disrespect, because my state guys know I love them, but I'm looking like my dogs is laying like that. (laughs) And if y'all five-star recruits, and I know how we put it down, and so when he was calling me with doubt, I'm looking like, bro, you stronger than all of them. I go to a weekly little place every morning at 5 a.m. Don't none of them bench 225, 25 times like you. And so I didn't see nobody at state land like that. They were they were good athletes. They, we, we we are elite athletes. However, I didn't see nothing that we had to have doubt about or nothing that should make us second guess our athletic ability or what we bring to the table. And so it's funny that you asked that question because I think that is a good question and that is something that's good to know. Because he was at the highest of high. I remember when she used to call us, bro, about when he was in Green Bay with stories about Woody and Al Harris. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. we love Woodson. You know what I mean? We love Shout out to Woody. Yeah, we love Al. Dirty Al, what up, baby? Remember yeah. Chad Bailey. Chad Bailey, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> for for C, you'd be like, bro, I'm working hard against Woodson. Any end breaking round, he jumping them, bro. Like, the little small details about some of your favorite players. I used to love to hear that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, man, life when you don't make it. We all had to deal with that reality. Then we all had to adjust and find success in our next active life, man. And that's what more than anything that I salute for you guys. We being good fathers, we good sons, Mm -hmm. we good brothers, we good to our community, we're good husbands. And so I think, man, by all accounts, I would say we came out okay, even though we didn't make it quote-unquote, by athletic standards. And what you guys think about, I want to rewind it a little bit. Um, you know, nowadays with kids, you know, so I'm a head football coach, and, you know, a lot of kids, is, you see the signs of D1 or bust. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I was a small school guy. You know what I mean? You was a small school guy. You went power five to, to small school. What do we say to the kids, the parents, that, that think like that? What I say, because hindsight is 2020. CB, you don't know this, bro, but I would 
I would love to have your legacy at Fair State University. I would trade that for playing at Michigan State. Like, and so what a parent don't know is go to go to where you can play, have fun, and leave a legacy. Where wanted. and be wanted, wanted more than everything. Oh go to where somebody wants you at because that's the difference. Like I said, all the time, man, like if I can do it over, I probably should have went to Central Michigan, Western, and or like Ferris or Grand, Grand Valley. Valley. You know what yeah. I'm saying? That's where I should have went to have a career that I because we all could have got to the league and still did our thing. See, we proved you can go from a small school and dominate the league. We And we knew we had the ability to do that. I took the wrong route. Lack of guidance. You know what I'm saying? But this is hindsight. And so that's what I would tell parents. Yeah, I, I got go to where you too. want it. Go to where your kids will be received, like, appreciated, and then have a chance to showcase their talent. I, w- I would also add that, man, the whole D1 or bust, that's an ignorant mentality to have. Big bro. time. Because what's the goal? The goal is you for your kid to go to school and to, and to earn a degree. Mm-hmm. It don't matter what school they get it from. You know what I mean? And even beyond that, the goal is to have as less debt as possible. So, yeah. yes, everybody wants the Division One scholarship. You don't have any debt associated with that. But if you can go Division Two, bro, and earn a degree, leave a legacy like y'all are saying, man, that, that would be more of the route. You know what I mean? If you take away Division One, Division Two, it, it don't matter where you got your degree from. That's going to help you and your family, no matter mm-hmm. where or what institution it comes from. So that would be my advice. Exactly. I love that. That's real, bro. And I'm a, you guys hit a lot of good areas. So my thing is I look at the draft. What I love about the NFL draft, they always highlight, mm-hmm. put guys in bold, guys that come from small school. I remember this guy that went to a D3 school, and I think he got drafted fourth round. A guy... Went to a D2 school, he got drafted second round in the, the Patriots. Yeah. So guys are getting drafted all the, time all the time from small schools. Yeah. At the end of the day, you just got to be a baller. You know what I mean? And and if you ball, trust me, they will find you. Especially in today's world now, where when social I was at media. Ferris, oh yeah, social media, Twitter. When I was at Ferris, we didn't have none of that stuff. And, you know, I put up some solid numbers. I remember I had 20 NFL teams come see me. So I, I can't imagine how it is at these small schools now with, with like you said, with the so, social media. So, uh, so fellas, it, it don't matter where you at, man. Just when you get there, man, just, just take advantage of the opportunity. Man. Absolutely. I think that was excellent, guys. We want to transition now to some of our hot topics, man. CB hit me up over the weekend. <laughs> e, you done told me about a few things, man. Guys, each and every day, each and every episode, we are going to bring hot topics to you guys. We want to make sure that we are current, covering current news that's taking place. And so a couple things that just stand right out. First and foremost is showing some love to Drew Brees, who ended a 20-year career, and in my my eye, should be a Hall of Famer. Oh, definitely. First ballot, ballot, all day. First ballot, Hall of Famer. I remember, uh, so we know Drew went to to Purdue. Purdue, yeah. And I remember, yeah, my senior year, no, going into my senior year, I remember Purdue University came. And Drew Brees, Drew Brees is 5'11", my height, and the guy came, and he was talking to me and stuff like that, and I, and I thought I was going to have a chance. He was talking <laughs> about Drew Brees. And I remember at one game, I think they was playing at Wisconsin, man. He threw the ball 85 times yep. and completed like 57, had 57 He was the first QB to hold, start that whole way, oh, that man. whole spread, throwing it 40 times a game. Oh, besides touch oh. tech quarterback. But, yeah, Drew Brees for sure, man. He, speaking our senior year, bro, our whole offense was – 
Purdue this, <laughs> Boilermaker that. And <laughs> Drew Brees was the man, bro. That spread offense. Like, it was all Purdue. But also, to give him props, man, I'm a Peyton guy. You know what I'm saying? And, and Drew and Brees beat my guy Peyton in the Super Bowl. So, hats off, you know what I'm saying, yeah. for sure, for that. 80,000 passing yards. Bro, for a guy that's 5'11", 6 foot, 5'11", that's unheard of, bro. That He the first guy. He a trendsetter in his own life. The is. first guy, 6 he foot is. and under, to throw for all these yards. You know what I mean? And to be, like, the man. Man, what I love about him is I like his second act. I loved him at San Diego. He was with my guy, Danian Thomason, and that was one of my favorite running backs after my favorite running back, Emmitt Smith, retired. So, like, I was looking for my next dude to rock with, right. and it was LT. But who was at the helm? It was Drew Brees until he tore his shoulder up, and then they tried to do away with him. And so I, I, he had put so much into San Diego. I hated how he got done at that time. Yeah. But boy, did he recreate yeah, he did his self in New Orleans and go on a run think, of a I don't lifetime. Think we could have dreamed of a better fit for him exactly. than Sean Payton, bro. Like it, they just worked. It just yes. worked. Yup. Mm-hmm. And that speaks to CB point about what he talked about earlier. You got to go to where you want it. You got to go to where it's a good fit. He said he would have made it had he stayed with Cleveland versus getting traded to the Packers. Drew Brees might not be Drew Brees if he didn't link up with Sean Payton. You know what I'm saying? He was not that for the Chargers. Exactly. He was, I mean, he was straight, but he wasn't what he is for the uh, Saints. Exactly. The city, New Orleans, welcomed him too when he arrived. And he he, he he delivered. He came at the right time. He delivered. Oh, he yeah. delivered. He put a lot into that set city too, man. Yeah. Definitely did, man. Uh, Drew Brees, man. I, like I said, to me, the biggest piece for him is because I played a quarterback position in high school. I was undersized. I five eleven. Him to be five eleven and to play at a high level to be uh, a first, going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. That is huge. A lot of people don't talk about that. Yeah. He's five eleven, man. Yeah. And finally, you got you going and you got your offensive line, man. Anywhere he, from six two to six and eight. He ain't getting his passes batted down as much nah. as mad quarterbacks. I can tell y'all about it. He stay getting their balls batted down. Yeah. And he talks about. I remember hearing about Drew Brees. He talks about how he he has to pick the gaps, throwing lanes of his linemen to get the throws in and. And sometimes he he got to anticipate throws mm-hmm. because of the size and different things in that nature. So that's incredible, man. But when I, I spent two weeks down there, when I got a release, and I just seen his work ethic, it's phenomenal, bro. Yeah. Like we had work out from six to eight, six to nine. Um, we go in the locker room, we breathe, take a little break. He out there working out just like any worked out before, bro. So his work ethic was just unreal. Then we play basketball later, so it doesn't it doesn't surprise me, man. So when you had those greats, man, mm-hmm. them greats be be different, man. Who do you guys think are next in line to be his replacement? What would be a good fit? Where do you think Sean Payton should go next in terms of the QB that can best run and execute his system? So, I'm all about commitment first. Mm-hmm. Like, we talked about Cam a couple weeks ago with the Patriots commit to him. I feel like that same thing. If the Saints commit to James Winston, we'll know a little bit more mm-hmm. about the quarterback situation. We'll, I believe he'll be more set up to be the starter. Taysom Hill will stay in his role. Mm-hmm. The gadget guy, the receiver, running back, quarterback, age back, everything. You know, yeah. on the offensive side of the ball. So, if the Saints commit, I could see Jameis stepping in as a starter and doing well, but only thing that worries me about Jameis is his turnovers. Yeah. Because like, you could throw, he threw 5,000 yards in his last 
situation mm-hmm. started 5,000 yards, 30 touchdowns. It's just <laughs> 30 picks. You know what I'm saying? So if we cut the picks in half, 30 bro. 30 30. <laughs> if we could just cut the picks in half, that's a, that's a nice season for a starting quarterback in the league. Absolutely. Hell of a season, actually, 5,000 yards. That, that don't happen every day. Absolutely. How y'all feel about that Taysom Hill contract? Four for 140. See, see, it works for me because Taysom Hill is like, you're not paying him for your quarterback. You're paying him to be everything. Like, Michael Thomas out. He, we got we got to replace him. He, he a utility guy. My utility guy. You know what I mean? Serviceable, serviceable in all areas. But I will say that they paid him because he a homegrown. He a homegrown guy. Like he dra- we drafted him. He does everything for us. He's comfortable in our system. We like him. We like him. He can plug and play if our quarterback gets hurt. So like he's valuable in so many different ways. Swiss Army knife times ten. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That's something to me. That's true. And you know what? When you paint the picture like that that makes sense but when i seen the contract i just thought straight quarterback yeah. mm-hmm. so i didn't think swiss army knife yeah. i didn't think he could come in back up the number two quarterback and, and win a game and he could play some receiver age back so i think once you think like that you, you it definitely makes sense because yeah, it justifies it yeah. at the end of the day he the only player in the nfl that can do that do this. that can mm-hmm. play quarterback play tight end receiver and return and kicks back. play running back to be honest. And run a wild And back. be serviceable. Not yeah. just like, okay, you toss it to him. No. Yeah. If you put him out there long enough, yeah. dog going to have some stats. Yeah. Yeah. Some Reverses, he going to score. Yeah, he going to run somebody over. He going to score yeah. a touchdown. Block a punt. He going to do something, bro. Like, yeah. he just that's, a football player. You know what I'm saying? So, I, I kind of say they paying him for everything but quarterback. You know what I'm saying? Like, because you do everything. Like, yeah, if we need you at quarterback, we got you. Yeah. But we going to see what Jameis got for us. That's just how I, can, how I see it. As we transition to the NBA, and I'm thinking about is Donovan Mitchell, is he the next coming of D Wade? Let's start there. What do you guys think? And I got my guy West with us, guys, and he's gonna chime in as well as introduce himself as we just naturally had his dialogue about Donovan Mitchell and what you guys think about him. I like the kid, I think he got massive potential. Um He's on a tear, but more importantly, his team is on a tear. And team success sometimes brings a whole different light. And I think he's handled the whole Shaq situation in a phenomenal way for a young guy. But what's you guys' thoughts? Man, for real, I, I think he, uh, I think D-Wade is a good, good comparison. Good comparison. Um, one thing I think D-Wade did better was defensively. Okay. Yeah, um, he took it personally. Yeah, he was a shot blocker, really good shot blocker at the guard position. Um, got mad skills. Um, but I love Donovan Mitchell though. Mm-hmm. Um, like you say, I think he handled the Shaq thing really well. Um, he just took it with a chip on his shoulder and just kept kept it going. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Um, I think he can shoot better in D Wade though. Especially yeah. at this stage of his career. Yeah. Right. Mid range and three. And a three. three for sure. Yeah. Where are you doing that? Don't shoot three. No, no. no. <laughs> no I don't right. know if you ever played with him on 2K. He was broke. He's baby man not shooting the three no, ball, bro. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. No, I like Donovan. Uh, matter of fact, he was knocking him down against Golden State, even though Steph Curry put on the show. And speaking of that, I've just been enjoying watching Steph Curry handle the helm without having Clay. They're not, they're not the three time. And KD, they're not the three-time NBA champions right now. They just a team 
just trying to find their way into the eighth, ninth, seventh spot maybe in the playoffs in the Western Conference. And so I've just been loving to see, like my man E said, he's been shooting the blood out the ball every night, man. Even the win he had in that three-point shootout just just showed his epicness <laughs> in terms of shooting the ball. They're scrappy right now, but they have to be. They Every are. single win, they have to fight for it. Like, just gotta go off. You gotta have third. You gotta have thirty for the win. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But to me, he's embraced it. He's embraced, but still playing within himself. He's embraced that he gotta show up like that each and every night. So I, I like that. I like Draymond Rowe. Um, I like how they got the young rookie getting involved, Winston. Wiseman. Wiseman. Yeah, and so I, I see it all, but I, I like what Draymond said. He said, "I want to." He said, "In the first half of the season, rookies, we got an excuse for them, but ain't no excuse the second half of the season. All that little stuff you was messing up on, we want to see you tighten up and ball out." And so, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, another thing too, um, I love seeing superstar players. I'm not saying he's playing by himself, mm-hmm. but kind of, kind of is yeah. compared to what he was. What in the he past. had, mm-hmm. like I don't know if y'all remember Kobe, post Shaq, where he yeah, was just when, all by himself. Yeah. But I think he scored went like how many games in a row? We had forty. Forty for a month or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. Like I love seeing I star players <laughs> yeah, have to carry that mantle in that way. Right. Yeah. Kind of see what they're made of. Um, yes. Yeah. One MVP. Triple double rust. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's a great point. Yeah, it, it happens less in today's NBA, but Wes is right, man. When you see it, it is a sight to see. Kobe had a crazy run at doing it. I remember, um, like you said, Russell Westbrook did it when KD left town and James Harden left town. Yachty yeah. Rose had a chance to do it. Tracy McGrady did it. And so when you see it, you get to see true greatness because they're really putting the team, the city, on their backs so I think it's a phenomenal thing another one so James Harden so I don't know how close y'all watched the NBA so I think it was 2015 Steph Curry's first MVP season mm-hmm. I think James Harden should have won, won it yeah because <laughs> I was, he was going nuts that yeah. season but um, Steph had the best record though huh? they did yeah. they did but I don't remember I think the Rockets got the two seed that year so, yeah they was like second yeah. Dwight Howard was out for a lot of the year I understand. I mean, yeah, sometimes that's why I'm talking about Donovan Mitchell. The yeah. wins yeah. get you the accolade oh, that, again, we know us, us real but sports fans, we know. Do they respect Utah enough? They I don't think they respect Utah enough, but I'm talking, I'm with Wes. Do, do, do they respect Wes? Do they respect Harden and Houston enough? But at that time, you yeah. couldn't deny Golden State record. You know what I'm saying? The team success catapulted Steph Curry to get that. Just like Giannis, to me, he not the MVP over LeBron, but Milwaukee was the best team, and so Giannis also took home all the all the hardware. Yeah, that, you know what I'm saying? Right <laughs> me too. To your question though, uh, the Jazz—they're the last two picks of the All Star. Exactly. Yeah. Nobody <laughs> Mitchell and Gobert. So, so still no respect, no really. Respect. As much as we love him, and as much as he's compared to D Wade and all of that, bro. And Draymond Green, he spoke to that. He he said he said, man, no disrespect. He was like, Utah having a great year this year, but the Lakers is still the team to beat. We ain't trying to disrespect Utah and y'all, the hottest team in the NBA, but we ain't 
we still trying to show up when we play the Lakers. Right. I'm saying, and so I, I respected it. So Donovan, he's young enough to know you got to earn that respect, and only way you're gonna earn it is winning playoff games and taking your team to the championship. So you know who could have had Donovan Mitchell, right? Who who flopped the draft? Don't say the Pistons. Man, we miss Carmelo Anthony. We miss Donovan Mitchell. <laughs> the Lions, if it ain't the Lions or the Pistons missing out on some people, that's the story of our life here in Michigan, man. Yeah, so, man, that was our um, hot take, hot topic series for today. But we want to thank you guys for not only tuning in, but checking out episode two. We ask you to come back. Make sure you like and subscribe. Join us each and every week for another episode of Deeper Than Sports. Until the end, we'll see you guys next time.